You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving yesterday. Today we're continuing with the episode from two weeks ago. This is part two of the episodes with Jay that we've been doing. In part one, we heard him talk about what it's like working in finance at the NFL. And in this episode, we're going to be hearing more about what it's like working at a venture capitalist firm investing in startups. I'll let Jay do the talking. I don't want to take up too much time out the intro. Hope you enjoy. So you talked about how now you work with venture capital. So it kind of incorporates that finance world, but I mm-hmm. feel like it would have a bigger role in this um, in this job field. So can you talk a little bit about uh, what is venture capital and why, like how you got into it? Totally, and and it's you know since I got into venture capital, I think it's become a lot more. Uh, you know, talked about and popularized. So uh, whether it's, you know, HBO shows like Silicon Valley or, or people just, you know, reading about it in everyday news. But at its, you know, core for the last, you know, three decades, venture capital has effectively been the same thing. Uh, you invest in companies, you, you know, get to take uh, an equity ownership in them, which means you own some percentage of it. Uh, for, you know, in exchange for money that you put into the company. And that company then takes that money, they go and they hire people on their team to help them build a, a typically a technology or software product. And then they go and they sell it to customers. And usually because these companies are unprofitable initially, they continue to go and, and raise more money and more venture capital. And then at some point they scale to a size where they can afford to be profitable or they can choose not to be profitable like Amazon did for many years um, and then continue to grow, continue to take more money and continue to grow on their way to hopefully, uh, you know, an IPO. Sometimes that leads to an acquisition. And these days we're starting to see, you know, companies, initially the venture capital model started around, you know, enterprise software selling these, you know, big lumbering uh, tools. Now everybody is really... um, inundated with venture capital in every industry. So you're seeing that in consumer products, right? Uh, Folks are probably familiar with Airbnb, uh, Uber, Lyft, um, you know, Slack, which is now uh, both a a tool that is used every day for people at work, but it's also fun and engaging and people use it in colleges or use it in groups. Um, Facebook was a venture, uh, you know, capital funded company. So What's really happened is that you know people are starting businesses. They're 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 you know starting startups. They get to a point where they realize, hey, people actually like the thing that I'm building. I talk to my customers. They they want to use what I'm doing. And let's go and find more customers that look like the one I just uh, sold this to. And let's start to build this into a real business because what we've realized is there's a there's a pain point that our customer has. And we want to go and build a business to help solve that pain point. And to go build that business, we're going to come to, to Jay or we're going to come to any other venture capital firm. And we're going to talk about uh, how much money we need, who we need to, to you know, go and hire or, or what we need to go and build to achieve our goals. And then hopefully one day, you know, build a, a really big business that's going to, um, you know, sell or go public. Wow. So I guess, like, what was kind of that shift from... NFL to this industry kind of like because they seem like 
they're different but also similar. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of an interesting transition. Um, around my, I think, third season at the NFL, it was a great time to be in New York if you were interested in technology and startups. And I had always, I think, been interested in technology and startups, uh, even going back to uh, my college days, you know, when you're at Carnegie Mellon, it's, it's a great engineering school, a lot of computer science, uh, you know, majors that are there. You're in and around technology and innovation all the time as it is. Uh, you know, one of the, the most uh, popular apps today is Duolingo, which helps people learn languages, was started by a Carnegie Mellon professor, uh, you know, a little over 10 years ago. And so uh, I remember, you know, being on campus when Duolingo was, was just starting to take off. Um, and so, I think it was always a part of my um, my interest, but I didn't really consider it as a career until I saw the startup ecosystem develop here in New York. And I wanted to get more involved in that space. Um, but when you work for a big league, when you work for a big corporation, it's a little hard to uh, convince uh, startups to come work with you and to convince the company you're at to come work with startups. But I knew that you know my calling was to go and work with super passionate people that are building interesting and innovative solutions. And whether that's a technology solution or, or it's a service or whatever it is, uh, this was something that I needed mm-hmm. to go and do. And so I initially left uh, the NFL to help start the sports practice at a small advisory firm. Uh, we were later acquired by a big investment bank. Uh, and so after that, I you know, said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm done with the investment banking world. I want to go and work with these founders every single day. Uh, so I initially uh, was working uh, you know, for freelance with a company called Techstars, which runs a, an accelerator here in New York and in many other cities. Uh, and then from there, as I mentioned, I started writing. Um, and through those blog posts, I got uh, you know, picked up uh, initially by Madison Square Garden to help and build the, the corporate venture fund there. Uh, and then, you know, more recently, another one of my blog posts and, and some folks in the network had shared it uh, with my team today. Uh, my managing partner, Cliff Serlin, uh, found that and, and basically went back and read a lot of the stuff that I had written over the last few years mm. and said, this is the kind of person that I'd like to, to, you know, have and work with and help build launch capital with him. And so uh, this is, you know, almost two years ago that I came on board with launch capital uh, to work with the earliest stage of companies to help. Uh, source and by, by source I mean go and find these founders to help think about industries that that are ripe for disruption and, and looking for innovative solutions um, and then to support the companies that we invest and in. I think a lot of venture capital people think about finding the right companies but a lot of the job is also supporting them as they go through the very difficult job of building something great out of nothing I mean it really is like it is one of the toughest things people can do. And, you know, we joke, my, my partner and I joke sometimes that, like, y- you got to be a little bit crazy to go do it because the the failure rate with early stage companies is so high. And yet every single day there are people quitting their jobs at Google or, or you know, Facebook or any of these big companies, mm-hmm. and they're leaving to go and start a startup. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what, sometimes that's what it takes. It takes somebody who is a little bit crazy who says, hey, don't tell me the odds. I'm going to go do this. And I admire that so much. I respect that so much. And those are the kind of people that I want to work with every single day. So that's that's what's brought me and that's what's kept me in venture capital. I guess, did you always know that you wanted to work in venture capital from an early age? You talked about how 
you had a calling for media and sports, but venture capital is something different. Yeah, I didn't think that I I didn't really know that much about venture capital until I was already working, you know, at the NFL and and I think was maybe uh, exposed to a few of the startups that had come up in New York, um, you know, whether it was uh, FanDuel that was coming up at the time, uh, which I later got to work with, or, uh, you know, maybe it was uh, one of the, the new media brands. Like 2013 and 14 was a great time for a lot of sports media brands. Bleacher Report was coming up at the time. Um, you know, th- there's a, a few other ones that uh, were, were growing. And that's, I think, what, again, applying that same, same you know, business lens of, this is something that I read every day, but how is this, how could this also be a sustainable business? How could this be something that grows from maybe an audience of a few million people that read it every day to tens to to 50 million people that read it every day? And so I don't think I went into it initially saying, I want to be a venture capital investor. I think I approach it from the perspective of, I want to work with really passionate people every single day. And at that time, and, and even to this day, I couldn't find a better place to be than in early stage. And, and venture capital, by the way, when I say early stage, there are multiple stages of venture capital. So, you know, at the earliest level, it's sometimes just two people with a pitch deck. Maybe they've built, you know, a, 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 a mock-up of an app, or maybe they've built an MVP, a minimum viable product, right? Mm-hmm. But th- there might not be much more than that. So you're really betting on... And I, I hate the term betting because, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're obviously doing diligence, you're doing research into it. But for lack of a better word, because these are risky investments, uh, you're betting on the founder and you're betting on the team and their mm-hmm. ability to execute against the plan that they've set up and, and the background that they have. You know, we talk about founder market fit. Uh, what is the background that they have and how is it informing the company they're building today? Have they learned something from their last job that they can then apply into building uh, hopefully what will be a billion dollar company? So that's that's early stage. Then you come to, let's call it growth stage, right? And so this is, so we know it's working, right? The, the company is maybe now 25 to 50 individuals uh, you have a marketing department and a sales department and, and a product and technology department. And we know that the customers love it. But now how do we take it from our initial 10 to 20 customers? And how do we go get 100 customers? Or how do we go from the initial 10 to 20 customers that are maybe paying us, you know, 10000 a month? And let's go and bag some bigger customers who are going to pay us $100,000 a month. And so that's that that's that growth stage curve. And so now it's We've proven this can work, but we need to raise venture capital so that we can hire a bigger sales team or we can build more features or we can create, you know, sister products that are going to help feed into the product that we've already created. So that is, you know, growth stage. And then there's later stage. And, you know, that's sort of where it starts to venture into what people traditionally call private equity. And so... When you get into that later stage aspect, now you're probably an industry leader. And now you're thinking about how do I get to profitability? Or how do I acquire some of my competitors? Or how do I acquire companies that are complementary to what I'm doing so that now I'm not only servicing you know, one specific need, but I'm starting to own the entire value chain. So venture capital takes on many forms. All of that to mm-hmm. say for me, what's really exciting is that early stage where the companies are still figuring out, you know, what Mm -hmm. are we? 
what what do we stand for? What do we believe in? Uh, whose problem are we solving? How important is this problem that we're solving? Those are the things that get me really excited to wake up in the morning and, and, and go to this job every day. And, you know, investing is tough. You are, are going to be wrong in venture capital more times than you're right. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's something that, that bears thinking about, right? If you are somebody who is uncomfortable with risk, if you are somebody that, you know, can have a lot of self-doubt or, or anxiety, mm-hmm. it's a tough mm-hmm. job because especially in early stage, you're going to be wrong way earlier than you're going to be right. It will take two years for some investments to fail. It might take up to five years for a company to, to get to a level where you're like, okay, this company is going to be fine. They're not going to fail. And even then, man, sometimes companies raise hundreds of millions of dollars and, and they mm-hmm. never get there for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. So what I tell a lot of folks that reach out to me about you know, getting into venture capital is you got to have the stomach for it. Right. There was a day that I got called, mm-hmm. you know, one of our companies, they'd closed the Series A. We were so happy. We were so excited for them. And then that afternoon, I got a call from a company that said, hey, man, like we're, we're three months away from, uh, you know, running out of cash. And so you got you got to deal with the ups and downs. And it takes, I think, somebody, um, you know, who, who is willing mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. into that with an open eye and say, it's not going to be easy every single day, but if you, you come back to the reason you're here and the reason I'm here is that I get to work with the most passionate people solving important problems every single day. And, and that's, that's what makes venture capital worth it for me. Wow. So I guess like how often do companies succeed and how often do companies fail? Like for how many successes, how many failures do you get? That is a great question. So the most recent data that I saw, and there was a, a company called Correlation Ventures that had, I think, done a study of you know, 20,000 venture-backed companies over, I think, eight or 10 years. 65% of companies don't return the initial capital that they have raised. And so wow. that's two-thirds. Two-thirds of the companies, or, or they, they basically... Uh, return up to up to the amount that they have raised. So zero to one X, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so maybe there's some subset of, of that company that, that, you know, they go to zero. And then there's some that just return exactly what they borrowed and that's it. Um, there are, I'd say, 25% of companies that return one to five times the money that they've raised. Wow. And so on paper, that sounds like a good idea, right? But when you think about it as a venture capital firm, you are investing in, let's say you're investing in 50 companies, right? Let's make the math easy. You're investing in 30 companies, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now, if 25% are going to return 1 to 5x, and let's say half of them are going to go to zero, that means that the remaining 25% have to return not only all the money for the companies that went to zero, but also more money on top of that because, you know, a venture capital fund, especially at the early stage, has to return three to four times its money to really be considered successful. And so a lot of VCs will mm. sit down and they'll do the math and realize that, you know, as tough as it is to, to raise and, and build an early stage business, it's just as hard 
to, to you know, build a successful early stage fund. I mean, my hat's off to the people like here in, in, in New York, like Union Square Ventures and, and First Round that have done it successfully for, you know, going on wow. a decade. And so it is really, really tough. And at the same time, you know, it is, it's exciting because when you're right, you get to be right really big. And when you're wrong, mm-hmm. you only lose one times your money. You can't really lose more than that. But when you're mm-hmm. right, you can, you can gain 10, 20, 50 times your money, right? And, and so the investors in mm-hmm. Uber, let's say, for example, the earliest investors in Uber, they might have invested in 30 companies that went zero. But mm-hmm. that one investment in Uber paid not only for all those 30 companies, but like eight times that or 10 times that. And mm-hmm. now they've gone on to, you know, do either build other success, successful funds or, uh, you know, take that money and go start their own companies. That is the sort of inherent challenge behind venture capital is that especially at the early stage, these are inherently risky companies. Many of them mm-hmm. will not do well. You have to pick enough that will so you can survive long enough to keep playing this game. Wow. So what is your advice for teenagers that want to play this game and they want to go into venture capital? Do they have to know any specific hard skills or soft skills that will help them succeed? I think there are many different paths to venture capital. Uh, when I look at my colleagues uh, you know, across the industry, there are folks like me that came from an investment banking, you know, corporate strategy route and understand that world really well. There are folks that went to an early stage startup and learned by doing. They, they built product there or they led sales there and then they've become venture capitalists to go and help other companies do the same things that they were doing hands-on, right? Sometimes learning by doing is the best experience. So there's no one right way. What I will say is that, you know, if, if you're a teenager, you're interested in venture capital, the best thing to do is to start reading about the industry and start figuring out what are you good at? What do you want to be good at? And then, and then go and start working in that direction. So if you want to be an investor, start reading about companies and trying to figure out whether or not you would invest in that company today and whether or not you think this company is in a large and growing market and understand the size of that market. Uh, pick markets that you know nothing about and do a deep dive and spend a month really reading about them because when you're a VC, especially when you're a VC at the early stage, you know you, you will play to your strengths primarily, but sometimes you come across a founder or a company that's doing something really interesting that's maybe not in your space. Maybe you don't have mm-hmm. a ton of experience in that world. Like if a company comes to me that's building something in the sports world, I know a ton about it. Mm-hmm. If a company comes to me that's building something around consumerization of enterprise software, I know quite a lot about it. I've now spent time with a lot of companies uh, in that space, both you know on their board and then also as an investor and as an advisor. But if you know somebody comes to me in a space that I don't really know, I can't just say, hey, I don't know about that. I'm not going to look at it, right? I still mm-hmm. want to spend the time to understand whether or not this is a space that I want to invest in. So one thing that you know anybody who is listening can get really good at is picking a topic they know nothing about, spending time researching it, 
getting really, really good at research. I mean, you're talking about how did college help me? One of the things that college really helped me do is, you know, because I used to procrastinate sometimes on my, on my papers, is do research under a crunch, mm-hmm. you know? I had a week to write a paper. I started about 48 hours before it was wow. due, but I, I learned how to, I don't recommend that. Don't <laughs> do that you have a week to do it, spend a week on your papers. But if you end up in my situation and you realize that 48 hours before you haven't written a single thing, it really teaches you how to do research under pressure. Um, and, and what that prepares you for is that sometimes your partner is going to come to you and say, hey, I just met this amazing company, but we have 48 hours to decide whether or not we want to you know, engage with them. Now, it might not be we're not going to write the check in 48 hours, but we have to let them know if we're interested. And so that means I got to spend 48 hours getting an understanding of this market to come back and say, okay, here are the challenges that we might face or that's, that this company might face. Here are the things that I really like about them. And now here's a list of questions that we should dig into deeper, right? The ability to do all of that only comes with repetition and with practice. And so that would be, I think the, the, the best thing that people can do, as I've been saying, is like think persuasively, write persuasively, get used to sort of convincing people that you have a point of view on things. That's what really helps people break into venture capital, whether you come from, you know, a, a finance or consulting route or whether you come from working at a startup or working at a big company. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to research and then, like, really distill those points down succinctly, that's going to make you a good venture capitalist. Mm. So now we've kind of answered all of the questions about those two different industries, corporate strategy at the NFL, but also venture capital and now I'm trying to tie them together and ask you about the present and also the future. So what do you want to sure. keep doing in the future? Do you want to keep working on venture capital or do you, you know, are you happy with where you are or do you want to do something to change your job or what, what is the future looking like? I love what I do, man. Uh, I, I can't think, mm. you know, it took me five years to sort of find my way into early stage venture. Um, I, I can't think of a better job uh, for me at least, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I think when you're an entrepreneur, you are running at a brick wall every single day and you're chipping away at it slowly and slowly. And sometimes as a VC, my job is to you know, take a step back and, and help, uh, help orient you around the bigger picture. And I get to help do that. Sometimes my job is, you know, playing therapist. And, and it's just saying, mm-hmm. hey, it's, it's not that bad, right? Nothing is, is as good or as, as bad as it seems. And, and we can figure this out. And, and you know, y- you lost a customer. That's okay. Let's go figure out and figure out how we get the next two. And so sometimes it's, you know, a, a mix of coach and therapist. Sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a mix of research analyst. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm, I'm stepping in to, to pinch hit, uh, you know, and, and help a founder prepare for a fundraise and just help them prepare their pitch and their story. Um, I get to wear a lot of different hats. And mm-hmm. that to me is like the, the perfect kind of job. It's what I love getting up to do every single morning. And when you know you love that, it makes the hard days a little bit easier mm-hmm. because there are, there are going to be hard days. When you're an investor, there are going to be days where companies that you were so excited about, founders that you really mm-hmm. love and want to support that are not going to do well. And how do you pick yourself up and keep going, right? It -hmm. doesn't matter if you get knocked down seven times as long as you stand back up eight times. And having that resilience, I mean, that has been been the sort of key through line in my career. Uh, You know, 
wanting to do this job even on the hard days, that's when you know that you really love something. And so, yeah, I mean, my, my goal long term is continue investing in great mm-hmm. companies, continue helping them grow. Uh, you know, I've, I've been at this for about three years, but sometimes it, it takes a lot longer, especially at early stage, to know whether or not, you know, you're good at it. And, and mm-hmm. I like to joke sometimes, you know, I, I'm not even sure if I'm lucky or I'm good. Um, but sometimes it takes, you know, uh, successive uh, wins to know that, hey, it's not just a fluke. You're actually doing pretty well. And so I want to continue uh, trying to prove that I'm, I'm more good than I am lucky uh, and mm-hmm. still working mm-hmm. with extremely passionate people every single day. Wow. And that's going to end it for this episode. Thank you so much, Jay, for coming onto the podcast and talking about what it's like being uh, not only you know, a fi- uh, working in finance and corporate strategy at the NFL, but also what it's like working as a venture capitalist and how those two jobs intertwine with each other. Thank, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Talon. Um, you know, if, if folks want to find me and, and want to reach out to me, uh, I'm on Twitter. That's the best place to reach me. So uh, you can find me at J Kapoor NYC. That's J-A-Y-K-A-P-O-O-R-N-Y-C. Um, and, and you can DM me if you're interested in learning a little bit more. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some articles or books that I really like uh, that'll help you, uh, you know, if you're interested in both in the sports world and in venture capital. And then, you know, you can follow me because most of what I talk about when I'm not working is, um, you know, the business of venture capital and the business of investing. Mm-hmm. And that's just a real passion of mine. And so uh, if, if folks want to reach out to me there, I'm happy to do that as well. Wow. All right. And I'll link it in the description as well. So thanks, Jay, for taking time out of your day to do this with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Talon. Really, uh, really excited uh, to get to you know have this conversation with you today. And look, you've done such a great job with this podcast. I've, I've you know heard some of the, uh, the the past episodes, and so hopefully I, I I kept the bar high for you today. So thank you so much for <laughs> yeah, having you me. Did. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.